Hey, yo, Internets, this week's episode of the Combat Jack Show is brought to you by Bevel. Take it from the founder himself, Tristan Walker. I spent my entire life looking for a way to shave without the fear of irritating my skin. Bevel exists because I believe we deserve a better shaving experience. Bevel is the first and only shaving system designed for coarse, curly hair and sensitive skin. Believe me when I say it's definitely the better shaving experience. I fucked up last year, Internets. I went for like four months. Without my bevel shaving kit, because my kids stole my shaver, and I had a, an, an issue with my trimmer, and I was going to see the Dominicans, and yo, for like two months I could not come out without a hat on, because I had bumps on the back of my shit, and I could not represent this brand. Get your bevel today by going to getbevel.com/jack right now, and you get your first month of your bevel subscription for free without link. That's getbevel.com/jack to start shaving smarter today. Please avoid those monkey warts and anal bumps on your neck. Hey, yo, Internet, you're listening to the Combat Jack Show podcast. Yo, King, what's up, man? Listen, make sure you rate, subscribe, and comment as usual. You know what I mean? The Combat Jack Show. Of course, man. 2017. Bang. Of course, of course. King, man, you know, we, never, we talk about a lot of topics on the show, man, but... um. I never asked you, man. You you like the horror genre? You know, um, I did as a kid, but I didn't, you know, since in my adult years, I haven't seen anything that's been, like, noteworthy. You well, know what's, what I mean? what's been some of your favorite horror movies, man? You know, the typical. No, uh, what's, tell me. I don't know no typical. There's no typical Nightmare, in horror. Nightmare, Elm Street, okay. Friday the 13th. Okay. The classics. You okay. Know what I mean, um, uh, 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 pol- pol- what's that, Poltergeist? Poltergeist? That, I mean, that wasn't really, that was more like. It was bullshit, but you know, you must have seen it as a kid. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't remember it that much now, but um, those are the ones that you know. Obviously, yeah, like I said, Friday. And then you got like the the sketch comedy horrors that the Wayne's brother tried to, you know, <laughs> nah, man, listen, scary movie and all that. But you know, it's funny because I've always let the internet's know, man, that 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 my favorite genre. It's horror. It's horror. Yeah. And I take it really serious, man. Yes, you and, do. And, 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 you know, I had, you know, I guess my, my favorite genre of horror is like zombies because I remember when I was five years old, um, I was with my pops and he wasn't really good at, 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 at caretaking. And <laughs> I was five years old and I just remember sitting in front of this TV when Night of the Living Dead was on. And I was so fucking scared I couldn't move mm. because this whole concept of zombies. And it was in black and white and had this black protagonist. And I will tell you, it fucked me up for the rest of my life. It was like kind of being abused and just looking for that level of abuse again, man. So I've been, you know. So anyway, I say that to say, man, I'm really happy um, to welcome this new guest yes. to the Combat Jack show. He's made, definitely made his name and accomplished himself in the field of comedy. Mm-hmm. So I was more than surprised when I heard that he was making his directorial debut. Yeah. With a trailer that I saw months ago that scared the shit out of me <laughs> because it was horror yeah. and it was race. Yeah. And, yeah. and you know, I've been tweeting for a long time, like pleading to like the tweet gods, please bring us <laughs> horror that taps into the black experience. And I mm. think this man right here did an excellent job. I want to welcome yes. to the Combat Jack show, director of the film Get Out. Mr. Jordan Peele, what's up, sir? What's up, man? You're welcome to the Combat Jack Thank Show. Thank you, man. So happy to be here. Um, and so good to hear that you, you are, you love horror as much as I do. I mean, I didn't know you were, I mean, dude, you, you're this dude that established, established yourself as, you know, being in a comic genre, like comedy. Yeah. You know, it's, 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 it's an easier path to take, you know, because I, all I needed as a, com- a comedian was my, myself. And, uh, you know, I could, do you sketch and improv and you know i was I, I felt good at it i was having fun um to to do horror to make a movie you need you need to get other people on board with your vision which is you know a longer process it took a while now now what was your introduction to horror so my my introduction to horror was you know i certainly nightmare on elm street um candy man mm. uh the shining uh at what age did you see the shining man too young too young. No, now let me ask you a question. I, yeah. I don't mean to interrupt you. Yeah. I saw The Shining twice. Like yeah. I had heard, like you know, like Kubrick. This was, this was the scariest movie, and I saw it like in high school. And I was like, this is stupid. I'll oh, see. 
And then I saw it like maybe 10 years later. And I was mm-hmm. like, yo, this is the scariest shit I've ever seen. You know, I had a, a similar experience with that. I think I, I got real scared young once. I saw it maybe uh, a little later and was kind of like, oh, it's not, nothing really, not a lot kind of happens. Yeah. Next time I saw it, I realized, I, you know, I just couldn't sleep for a week. It's that subtle. The, the beauty of that food, it's like, you know, there's one jump scare in that movie. When when um when Jack you know kills Scatman Carruthers yes. in in that movie the rest of it is all like creepy imagery it's, it's slow burn it's just like it's like that's that's the it creeps into your psyche creeps in your psyche yeah. you you walk out of your bathroom you see those little girls at the end of your own hallway it's like oh no <laughs> um yeah that that that's some that movie is like a, a master class yeah and like how how to creep along in a horror movie. Isn't it difficult though? I, I would imagine. Isn't it more, like? Isn't horror one of the hardest things to create because you have to time it well? You have to build that suspense. I mean, because I've seen so many horror movies that were not scary, yeah, or that had no effect on me. Yeah. So I would imagine it's really difficult. It is, you know. I, I think that's where my my comedy experience played in, um, because that you get so much. You know, when you're when you're crafting a joke or or a, a bit, you know, the whole thing is like, okay, what is the audience thinking? What are they feeling at this moment? Okay, now we got to get this laugh at the same time. Bip, it's all timing. Um, so basically, you know, I kind of took that and, and applied it to this different tone, um, the to to the horror film, the the horror tone, and like anything that was too funny or jokey, it's like you got to kind of like shave that off, but. It, it 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 is tough, but very linked to comedy. But I'm sure you've had some 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 comedic reflexes that you had to kind of tame for this movie because <laughs> yeah. the movie is actually very funny. Yeah, the yeah. Mo- it's 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 not it's it's not uh this uh, you know uh, American Werewolf in London funny, but it is. There's the funny moments are yeah. really funny. Yeah, it, it it was yeah there was you know anything that came off like a joke. Um, I had to lose it. Right. Like, like, give us, give us an example. Um, you know, without, without giving the the audience any spoilers, spoilers, you know, I got, it's hard to think, it's hard to think on my toes about what, what, what they would have been. But like, if, um, any, any sort of, any kind of word play or, or, or something that look, I mean, the, the character that's like the, the funniest character is this guy, Rod played by little Rel Howard. Yes. And he just crushes. He's, he's, he's a, he's a breakout star. It's a breakout. Yeah. And, and part of the reason he's so funny is because it's actually a relief from the tension of the movie. And, and it's a relief in, in terms of you, you have somebody who's saying what the audiences wish somebody would say in a horror movie. Right. And so he's he he's actually more realistic than what you usually see in a horror movie. He's the dude who's just he's talking about Chris. What, get out. Like, brother, what you doing, man? What you doing? This white girl got you all open. Like yeah, that. that's right. And that, that you know, a big part of this movie for me was like, you know, I feel like the, I feel like black horror movie audiences, we're, we're a loyal fan base. We love horror. You know, I feel like the, the you know, gr- groups that, that, um, deal, deal with real life horrors and, and oppression and, 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 and shit like that. Like we, we need to go to the theater and, and scream. And like get out this this frustration. So, um, but this movie was like I was trying to represent that audience that you know we 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 consistently show up. We don't get representation. Uh, un- underserved. Yeah, underserved, and and not only uh, our skin, but our um our perspective, our, our perspective, our point of view, and, and the the fact that the main character and, and his friend Rod and this that they they are black, they it actually gives them. Uh, you know, they, their blackness is, is is what they use to to sort of help figure out what's going on. Propel the, propel the movie, and yeah, like you said, and that's like what, when you're talking about Night of the Living Dead. You know, it, it felt it feels the same. It felt like you know, um, you know, the, the the protagonist of that movie. It's like he was extra prepared. Dwayne, for, was it Dwayne Jones? Dwayne Jones, yes. uh, who played the, the the lead in that movie. Um, who, of course, you know, the young the young boy in The Walking Dead is named Dwayne Jones. Yes, 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 yes. After him. But, um, you know, it feel like he was more prepared for this crisis because he's living in fear in a certain all his extent, life, all his life. So he's when, when this hits the when when the shit hits the fan in, in that movie, you know, you got a white woman in this house who's like doesn't know what to do. Doesn't Hysterical know why this fainting, you know, black dudes here and like the chaos is breaking loose. He's all business. He's, he's ready to he's ready to tackle it. And, you know, of course, um, 
you know, Romero maintains like, uh, you know, I just cast the the best actor for the role. I don't believe that. Man. I don't believe. That I don't either. believe that. We were talking about a movie that was filmed at the height of the civil rights movement. Yeah. Where you you know the only black protagonist you saw on film was Sidney Poitier or that's or, right or Harry Belafonte. You definitely weren't seeing any blacks in horror. And here's this guy that's not only black, but he's the he's he's the captain of this ship. Yeah. And the fact that he's black makes the film special. What it is, it, it makes it what it is. Um, you know, I don't want to give away the ending, but the the ending has very uh, of that movie has it's, a very it's, powerful. It's, it's a lynching. It's a lynching. It's a lynching. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I don't, I, I kind of think that that's like, that's like the politically correct way for Romero to have phrased it at the time right. is like, you know, it's just, I'm not casting him because he's black. I'm casting him because he's the best actor for the role. And he is amazing. But that movie is a social horror film. Yes. Yeah. You know, I find that, I mean, um, out of all the horrors, like the, the J and the K and, you know, I love the stuff that's coming out of France and, and Germany's just fucked up with their horror. But, yep. um, I found that, the ones that resonate the most to me are the ones that lack the supernatural element. Mm. The ones that really delve into shit that can really happen. The yeah. dude up the block, the guy around the corner, or mm -hmm. society. Like even like although my favorite subgenre is 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 uh you know the the zombie uh, mm -hmm. genre. Like just how Twenty Eight Days Later was like you know what they're not undead they're just infected. It's a virus. And now it's like yo it's really real right now you yeah. know what I mean and and so you do that. In this yeah. movie, you're like, we're not, I mean, th th there are certain aspects, but this is about race. You, uh, you believe, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, it's over the top. Uh, obviously I make some, some bold choices in it, but you believe in secret societies. Yes. You believe that there are people out there who have been born into a privilege and, and a world you're not included in. And, um, you, you believe that they got enough money that they could do whatever they want. They could get away with whatever they want. Like that, that. That is true. I mean, we're living yeah. in a horror movie right now. Yeah, I'm like, with like, you. I'm with you. Like this is a horror movie. We're, we're living in a horror movie. I mean, the black, the black, even the you know the first scene of the movie, you know, where I have a black man walking down. Homeboy from Atlanta. Yeah, Lakeith Stanfield is. <laughs> oh, in he's there. amazing, man. He's amazing, and, and he, you know, I wanted to put the entire audience give give them a, an idea of what it feels like the the fear of being a black man in a white suburban neighborhood. Cause people, I don't think people realize that yeah. that you know that that is that's 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 horrifying to think. Okay, I'm in this situation. I'm I'm going to be viewed as the monster here. Right. I'm going to get I'm going to get lynched or something. Right. I'm going to get you know I could get shot. I don't know. I got to get through here as as soon as possible. I want. I can't enjoy the scenery, bro. Yeah, I can't <laughs> enjoy the scenery. Just get me out. Get me out. And like you know, I thought I wanted the audience to start with that feeling, so they know that. But, you know, the, it's 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 a horror. Being, you know, there, there are times where being black in America is a horror. Movie. Every day, like every there's, day, there's, there's at least a moment on a daily basis where it's like, this, mm -hmm. at least this shit, this shit ain't comfortable, bro. Yeah, somebody <laughs> says something creepy, or you know, even that that whole you know the creepy thing of you know in the party scene in this movie, the whole you know, this white dude's coming up to him and being like, you know, I love Tiger, I love Tiger Woods. <laughs> You know, so like in the script, I wrote like you know these they're 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 approaching him like hyenas or vampires or something. Just you know, like they're too eager to connect with him or connect with his blackness. Connect with his blackness, right. and and that that feeling of like disorienting feeling of like okay, so now I'm clearly I'm I'm black before I'm I'm anything else to these people. Like they're trying to be nice, they're trying to be cool, they're trying to get olive branch, but. I'm having the same, a different form of the same conversation with every single person here. Right. That's another thing where I, I don't think people realize that's part of the, the black experience. Yeah. In this now, I, I, you know, I was reading um, and, I, and I like you talking about the first scene and you started writing this right around the time of uh, the uh, Trayvon Martin. That's right. Incident. Like did that in, like what inspired, I mean, other than Rosemary's Baby and Separate Wives was like, was that a huge inspiration so you know basically the way it worked was like i i actually started maybe eight years ago or okay. so um working on this script uh, or was, i'm sorry was, working working on the the idea for this so was barack in office yet or not so barack was just coming into office okay. when i first had the idea the whole you know presidency was was spent making this movie about um you know, people people saying we're in a post race <laughs> America, right? And so this was like, mm, no, right. uh, black people. We we know that we know that's not true. 
Um, so let's let's show why it's not true. And that was the the, the whole point of the movie. But by the time um, I was writing this actual script, you know, uh, I guess probably two and a half years ago, the you know the Trayvon murder happened, and so all of a sudden we got a little bit more more woke, and um, it, it 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 just became that. That's when I added that first scene. I realized, okay, okay you know what? There, there's something um, horrible uh, here, and, and that that feeling of of fear in in the wrong neighborhood is something that people need to experience. Now, now, other than I would imagine uh, your success in television, how do you get a, a movie like this greenlit in Hollywood? Be you, 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 this is one of those rare movies where white people are not the best people in the movie, man. Like the only good mm-hmm. people in the movie, mm-hmm. for the most part, are people of color. How do you get this greenlit when you hear about, you know, Hollywood uh, being this um, gatekeeper as to what the audience is really wanting? Anything off the beaten path, particularly when it comes to culture or race, people don't want to see it, quote unquote. You know, this was, I, I, I legitimately thought this would never get made. Right. I, I wrote it to make, to write my favorite movie that doesn't exist. Yeah. So once I had that, you know, I went out, I was on a general meeting, this guy, Sean McKittrick at QC Entertainment. And, um, I sat down, I said, look, here, this is a movie that no, no one will ever make cause it's too fucked up. But, um, I'm going to tell it to you because I, I you know, it, sh- it kind of sh- shows what, where my brain is at with the genre. Right. And at the end of that meeting, he was like, let's make it. Let's do it. And I was like, are you sure? Oh. Like, yo, I was yo, like, you are you sure? <laughs> like, you know how this movie ends, for right. example. Right? <laughs> it's like, um, so every step I'm just kind of like watching, like, and, and I think it was like, it's a, it's a good, it's a good movie. So it, the, I think the quality of it just helped me break through those barriers, a little bit of trust, but, you know, we're definitely, you know, something, something happened when Compton came out that definitely changed everything. Right. I think, you know, we, we were one of the myths that was, you know, perpetuating this lack of um, representation in Hollywood was this myth that like black, black leads in movies or black perspective in movies can't sell overseas, doesn't right. make money, right. which um, is, is not true. Right. I mean, the truth is we haven't been nurturing black talent we haven't been telling people there's a there's a place for you to make this film like i mean you know i'm on tv if i didn't if i didn't feel like i could make get this film made you can imagine any um you know young black filmmaker or aspiring director must feel hopeless so um when that when that movie hit i think that changed a lot and and now all of a sudden um you know hollywood has woken up to the fact that like Yes, um, good content works. Where you know wherever it goes, good content works. Right. We just have to nurture um, good good content creators. We have right. to give them an opportunity, and part of that is getting representation in the first place. To say, look, if if you um, if you believe in your 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 vision, you take you you you, you make it good and you work hard. Yeah, you can. I mean, I mean look at hidden figures. Look at hidden figures. It's, we're in a renaissance right now, man. Yeah. In the in the beginning stages, I believe of this renaissance. You know, you got Ava DuVernay, you got um, you know, in TV, it's like what, what Donald's doing with yes. Atlanta is just outrageously elevated, insecure, insecure, it's amazing. He says amazing, and you know what what you're finding now that the the floodgates have opened, and you know it's not it's not the the same old uh, type of film or TV show that was previously thought was acceptable for a black audience. Right. It, this, this is, um, this, you know, this is more, more intellectual, um, uh, like elevated, more um, nuanced, nuanced. It's, it's our point of view. It's, it's real artists are getting the opportunities. So, um, it's, a, I, I, I'm, it's a, it's a great time to be, uh, making movies to be, to be black and, uh, uh, aspiring to make content. Now, you know what's un- what makes me uncomfortable is, you know, you hear this hashtag this year, Oscar's so black. Um, you're seeing this renaissance in black film. But growing up in the 70s, there was like a lot of black content. Mm-hmm. Not just black exploitation, but there was a lot of black content on television and on Hollywood, and that kind of went away. Mm. Then we kind of saw a resurgence of that in the 80s, mm-hmm. and then that kind of went away. Yeah. And in the 90s, so... My, 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 my main fear is like, once again, like, it's not us, it's, this is not something new. It's not the first time Hollywood is realizing 
that that that, that the black box office is valuable. But but what I hate is like we do it, we prove it, and then it disappears again. Mm-hmm. You know, and the, and there's not a commitment to to making content with a black point of view that that's not exclusively black content. You know, that's been that's been hard uh, to come about itself. I mean, you know, obviously something like Roots came and changed the game in its yes. own way. Um, and um, but it feels like we kind of as a culture, we got stuck in the, the slave narrative yes. story. To, of, of which, by the way, this is in some ways uh, uh, about slavery. Yes. This movie. Mm. But there's, I, I think what happens a lot of time with um, these slave stories is it's a, it's a safe way to deal with race. Because okay? it's in the past. It's in the past. You can be white and watch one of these things. None of us are like, accountable for what's going on. Exactly. In can you imagine how awful they used to be? Right. Mm. So there's, um, you know, I, I wanted to make a movie that dealt with really modern slavery, which is why you know, I think one of the, the central um, points of this movie, the, what, what it's a metaphor for is, you know, the, the disproportionate incarceration of black men. Right. Um, which, of course, uh, Ava DuVernay's amazing. 13th. It's, it's, 13th. It's yeah. just, it, it, it translates why, why slavery never went away. It's funny, man. I, I was thinking a couple of years ago, I, I just I was stuck on this, this thought about how to, um, general America, um, black people are their Frankenstein monster. Mm. You know, like they've created us and now they feel that they can't contain us. Mm. But I, I just recently saw this brilliant uh, documentary, uh, I'm Not Your Negro. I still haven't seen it. You've got to see it, man. We, we just interviewed him a couple of weeks he ago. He did, huh? And in it, Baldwin is like, yo, you guys are the monster. Mm-hmm. Like, you guys are the monster. And I say that to say, when I saw this, um, I went to a screening with my girl and I, afterwards I was like, yo, this might be some really controversial shit. Mm-hmm. She's like, wait, I don't understand what you're talking about. Then she went in the bathroom and overheard a conversation between these two black women and a white woman. And the white woman was so disturbed. Yeah. And she came and she's like, yeah, like, like, what do you think? Is there going to be a backlash with this man? Cause America's not used to seeing themselves in the mirror. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't know what kind of backlash there's going to be. I, the, I think that, you know, the, the, the people who seem to uh, not like this movie haven't seen it yet. Right. Um, I think I've taken, you know, good care. So to give you the benefit of the doubt, if you're, if you're seeing this movie, you, you have an open mind. You're, you're an intelligent thinker. You have the ability to emote and see the world through this character's eyes. But ultimately, if there's, you know, if there's backlash, I'm ready for that. Hey, yo, Internet, thanks again to Bevel for supporting this week's episode of the Combat Jack Show. You deserve a shave that's going to leave you smooth, bump-free, and ready to take on the world looking your best. Bevel, the first and only shaving system designed for coarse, curly hair and sensitive skin, can help you achieve the perfect shave. Bevel is dermatologist-approved and proven to prevent and reduce razor bumps. There's no other shaving system that's going to give you the relief that a Bevel razor will. Your first kit comes. Your first kit comes with everything you need to get started, a Bevel razor a brush, as well as priming oil, shave cream, and restoring balm, and as many blades as you'll need to keep yourself right until the next kit arrives. Everybody's hair and skin is different and requires different methods of care, but Bevel has a system that works for almost everyone. Go to getbevel.com slash jack to order your Bevel today and get that first month for free. That's getbevel.com slash jack to get your first month of your Bevel subscription for free. And now back to the show. Now, now one thing I want to touch on is like you, you, you go into different layers of like real life fear yeah like the real life fear of meeting your girl's parents yeah the real life fear of meeting your girl's parents if you're black and she's white yeah. like was like your, your wife is white yeah was was it horrifying meeting their parents or that even the anticipation <laughs> of what, meeting them no you know not this not my not my wife's parents right. i you know i think at that point i kind of worked out all my fears uh, you know and i also know that they're 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 pretty cool, but um, you know it's it's I, I have had situation I have had a situation in the past where I went to meet uh, a white girl's parents and it I had that did, did you tell them I'm black and it's like no what, what? why <laughs> and I was like uh, you didn't uh, tell them like how do you how not, do you not tell like them? how do you how does somebody not tell them <laughs> yeah. yeah like 
What was she thinking? I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Or I think maybe she was lying to me, like to try and be like, oh, it's not a damn thing in my family. It's not even a <laughs> thing. Um, and then, you know, I did, I, I went there and, um, and you know, they, they, they didn't, they didn't, uh, react at all in any sort of negative way. Right. And that in a way ended up feeling more creepy because <laughs> I, I, I knew, I knew that wasn't that wasn't the way the world works, right? And so maybe I was being paranoid. Maybe maybe she did tell them, so they had their their buffer. But all in all, that that state of being someone, you know, where you you're questioning what you're you're you, you know sometimes sometimes there's you know somebody saying some racist shit and like maybe you miss it and then you th- think back and you go, oh, that was some racist shit. Other times you're like ready for some racist shit, it doesn't come. It's a very, um, it's, it all adds to what makes being, a, a, you know, part of this marginalized group, um, unsettling in, in many situations. I mean, but that's what it is though. Like I remember comparing the things that I saw even before, like race became such a sexy issue. I'm talking about like 10 or 15 years ago when I would go through shit and I was like, yo, was that racist? Was that racist? And I started feeling like the kid in that movie, the sixth sense. Mm-hmm. But instead of seeing dead people, I see, see race. Races. But nobody yeah. <laughs> else sees race. That's but right. that's this extra sensitivity that we build. We see race when nobody else sees mm-hmm. race. Yeah. And that's why, you know, I, I wanted to use that sixth sense, so to speak, in this movie to say these characters, they're they're figuring it out. Um, you know, slowly but surely they're they're um they're aware and have this ability, you know, this this black um, Spidey sense. Yes, that's going on. Um, yeah, so I wanted to use that in the movie. Um, being biracial. Um, do you remember your first racist experience? Um, you know, I remember. Uh, I remember feeling I, I was I was stopped by a, a police officer once. How old were you? Um, I must have been like 10, yeah, 11, yeah. young, um, and, and just um, you know, I I, I had had that feel it you know he he came up to me he was like you know somebody you know can i see your pockets he was looking for somebody who was like throwing darts in the subway because there was a little dart throwing incident there was a little dart throwing incident and <laughs> you know i just remember feeling so um this is awful right like i felt guilty like i had done something wrong um, which is fucked up to go through it at, at the age of 10 yeah yeah that was uh, so that was that was one that fucked me up i had a you know another incident where you know, someone, another kid in the playground called me the N word, um, said, you know, asked me why I talk white. Um, another thing was like totally disorienting, made me like, you know, question my identity. What right. am I supposed to be talking like? Um, and then, yeah, I mean, especially when you're young, you know, the N word cuts, mm-hmm. cuts to the bone. Deep. Yeah. I mean, it, it still does, yeah. but at a certain point, you know, you, you grow up, it's like, all right. Well, you gotta if, if that's if that's where they're at, then that's that's where they're at. I got I can't I can't let somebody who's trying to um, uh, disrupt my soul have that power. So I you know I people who are proudly and overtly racism I mean racist. You know, I just I my 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 defense mechanism is tune that shit out. Right. I can't even deal. That's why this movie is not about like the typical crowd who would be called typical white. Um, people who be called racist, like the red state type, it's about the the liberal elite and like peeling back the layers, showing why you know races races where um, it, it's under the surface, even of you know the, those people who think that they're they're not. Yeah, not. you specifically targeted the liberal elite, like yeah. you specifically, like I read that that was your your specific target, and the purpose is the purpose is that that is the first of all better horror movie. Right, you get the the people who, oh, okay, now this these these people are, we're, we're good. This is as good as it's going to get. The good genteel, they're, yeah, white they're, folk. They're, yeah, they're 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 hip, they're cool. That you know, they may be a little clumsy with racial, but they're, it's not like they're they're not racist right. in, in a real racist way. Right. But then to just you know show how these interactions, um, you know, these little you know whatever you want to call them microaggressions or whatever, how they are. Um, reminders that no race is here, 
Racism, racism, race never left. Never left. Yeah. Might have been taking a little nap, but it's it's awake now, man. It took yeah, it took a nap. It wasn't, but it's like it took the nap. It took was like it wasn't cool. It wasn't cool to talk about it. Like people it was like, if you talk about race, you are perpetuating yes race. And I used to, I used to get that a lot here on this show. Yeah, like about three. Or four, I mean, about six years ago, it was like, why do you keep talking about white privileges? Like, because I have to. As yeah. they, like my generation doesn't believe in white privilege. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah. And then you know. Boom! Everything blows up. I'm like, where are y'all now? Like, why didn't you? Why don't y'all believe us? Yeah, like, you know when we tell you this, it, it's 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 such a, a frustrating thing, and it, and it goes to this whole phenomenon of people, really, you know, that we're seeing now, especially in, in, in the Trump administration, of of people pissing on your leg, telling you it's raining. Yeah, no, 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 pee pee joke intended with Trump. There. <laughs> um, <laughs> but the whole thing of like when when you can see what's in front of your eyes. And you know it's there. It's part of your experience. And people tell you, no, no, there's, there is no alternate facts. Yeah, people yeah. telling you alternate facts and trying to pull some Jedi mind tricks. It's, um, it's, 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 it's extremely frustrating, and and it 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 hurts all of our growth to stop conversation like that, to right. stop expression. Of course. Yeah. Um, you talk about this being the first quote unquote woke horror movie. <laughs> What was your process, your personal process in becoming woke? Um, you know, my, my personal process of becoming woke was, um, uh, you know, it probably, it, I, I think part of the, the process was, you know, figuring out what, you know, what to say with Key and Peele. And, um, you know, I think, I think it really, I really got woke when, it, all of a sudden racism and the, the notion of racism was, was people, we were in denial. So I, I think it, around this time we're talking what, about, what do you mean denial? Like, well, just that the post-racial thing, right? right. right? So, so, so society as a whole, right? Society was all of a sudden saying, oh, okay, now race, race is done. Um, you know, I mean, I, I think I've always been woke to an extent in that I've, I've known about racism, but not woke to the extent of like, okay, this, my job on this planet is to communicate racism, that racism exists. I, I, I need to my, – my, my, my responsibility creatively is to address this thing. Um, so that's – you know, this, this horror movie as well, you know, it's really similar timing with, um, you know, when we made Key and Peele. And, and you know, remember the, the, the first Luther Obama sketch, the whole point of that was like – you know, you know, Obama had to be you know, very cordial. They couldn't, they couldn't uh, do the angry black man thing because uh, he. So even he, it felt like, couldn't. You know, he, he, he couldn't, couldn't cut loose. He couldn't cut loose. He couldn't take a moment and be like, "Black people, where are you at?" You know, he couldn't do it. <laughs> and um, and 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 he was just um, he was the subject of like this massive disrespect from Trump. Yeah. From you know the tea party, the like tea party what? people coming up talking about you lie. You yeah. know, at his press conference or whatever, and so we 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 wanted that sketch to be an expression of like, you know, fuck y'all. This is you know, I, we this is this is happening. This is race. I don't care what you say. This 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 president can't um, express himself because uh, of of the of racism of racism. Yeah. Of of or, and the, and what it would be he would be perceived as as being if he did it. So. This all kind of happened at the same same time. I think the you know Obama coming into um, his uh, uh, his presidency um, to, to me that was it was a, a great moment, but it was also a moment that set the conversation back a little bit. It shifted things. Yeah, it shifted. It things. shifted things. It, it set the conversation back. But the good thing about it is the reaction, like that internal reaction. Like to the true people across this nation that don't know that they're racist, they just know that something inside of them, Obama's presence, his excellence, his brilliance, it didn't feel good to them. Mm -hmm. And I think that's that's what we're seeing right now, which is ultimately, what, isn't that the pathology of racism? I mean, look, it's like we, we elected the dude who we all agree lied to us. Wait, about, wait, who's we? Hold up. Yeah, I mean, that, that ain't my president. That's, that's your president? No, I, well, no, I thought, look, this dude, uh, yeah, no, not we, yeah. Please, Yo, please, please. You know, I try and use we because I like 
I want to get this country, you, be- you know, and, and look, I, I also believe racism. It's not a one way street. Yes. It's we, we all have a, 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 a piece of, of this. We all have to own what we, what, what we have done. But yes, what they did, <laughs> what, what they what they know is that you know this this dude's you know for what what four or five years talking about Obama's not from this country. Where's the just passport? just lying. I have proof. I have evidence. Lying, lying, lying. One of the most racist things I've ever witnessed most in this country. Insulting. It's so insulting. And that's why I mean. You get past, even if you were to get past all the other, you know, shit he, that 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 he does, that Trump does and says, and all the hate that he inspired. Look, he he lost he lost me that first second um, when when he um, attacked Obama like that. Now he he came out last year talking about it's it's not true. Uh, he he's from this. And then that was it. Like, no, no, motherfucker. That's not it. <laughs> you, you can't. Uh, it's no mistake that he was able to build his fan base on the foundation of that lie. Right. I mean, that's the first. That's his entry into politics was yeah. lying, lying to us. Yeah. And he's still lying to us. And he's still lying to yeah. us. But the, the, the type of lie he told was attractive to people. Of course. People loved that. And by, by the way, a lot of his, his supporters um, I understand, still believe, even after he says, you know, you know, it's not okay. He's he's born in Hawaii. They still believe it. He's a Muslim. They believe, still believe. They he's a still believe it. Yeah, which is crazy. Um, Daniel Kaluuya, man. Yeah, the main actor. Dude, how is it working with that dude, man? man I mean, such such. I'm jealous of him of what he can do. Why? What are you jealous of, man? Well, first of all, he's he's so in the moment as an actor. And he he can he he can access those emotions in, in a way that you know I'm just pretending to do if right. I'm acting. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you can't um, you can't cry on cue. I can't cry on. Was cue. that brother really crying? Can I tell you? Every single we we shot that his his side of that five times. He cried every single time. I don't, I don't understand how anybody could fucking do. It. I mean, I understand. Like I'm, <laughs> I I'm not saying acting is <laughs> easy. We, I wanted to ask Ice Cube that when he was here yeah, yeah, yeah. last week. Like, <laughs> can you cry? Or, you know what I'm saying? Because to me, that's yeah. that's that's some, that's like super. That's, uh, that's on, super on behalf bad. of Ice Cube, I'll answer. Nah, I don't. I can't do that. <laughs> um, but um, but yeah, that's it's like it's one of those things that's like if you can if you can access that kind of emotion, be that vulnerable, you have something special. And that's that's what he is. I mean, I saw him on Black Mirror. Yes, originally. Yes, that which was, is which is brilliant. Brilliant. One of the best thing. I mean, modern Twilight Zone. It's it's dark. It's twisted. It's it's it's, it's technology. It's technology. It's it's great. And he's in the episode two of the first season. Yeah. And just does a, just ridiculously amazing job. Um, you know, it, it it occurred to me like, you know, my, the only question with Daniel is he's British. Yes. And I was like, you know, there was a while I was like, you know, this this is about the African American experience. Right. So I don't. And it's also about you know, representation. Yes. So do I want to do the, because we don't get a lot of, because we don't get a lot. So it's like, you know, big, big dilemma. Do I, do I want to do what, you know, many, many people end up doing, which is going, getting an actor, a British Put actor. Put Idris in the hood. Put Idris in the hood. <laughs> and, um, you know, I talked to him and, and, um, very, very quickly kind of realized that, yeah, they have a different sort of, uh, there's a different black experience in, in England. But has a lot of similarities, a lot of the, lot of lot of the same things, and, and in fact that this issue, you know, Americans have a very, you know, in some ways a unique uh, relationship to race, but or the most unique, the, yeah. Well, it's our country was yeah. built on the on the backs of black people yes. of slavery. Um, that being said, the 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 issue of the other, the question of um, uh, of race, of uh, tribalism is a human thing yes, and it's everywhere. So, um, you know, very quickly. And, you know, he told me about some experiences. You got to, you know, get him on to see his own experiences with racism, um, which, um, you know, was proof to me that he, he got the mentality of this character. He, he got the thing where you're in, you're in a room full of white people. And I all, believe them. Yeah. Like I believe them. He gets like, it. I, I believe them. Um, you know, I like what, you know, some of the other, classic legendary directors have done like Lex Scorsese um, and working with De Niro or even, you know, Spike and 
you know, Sam and, 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 mm-hmm. and are you going to be working with, with Daniel Moran? That's, I mean, that's the idea. Is I always it? tell him, I'm like, dude, you're my Denzel, man. Denzel. Ah. Come back, come back. Let's, let's do it. He, that's dope, man. Yeah. You don't, you don't run into actors like that very often. No, not at all. And, and the, you know, one of the things, you know, like I said, this movie was about representation, you know, going immediately going out into fine. Okay. So who's my, who's going to be my, star right yeah. i need a 26 year old black man who can um who can be a star of a movie and you know so the immediately you're looking to okay who's who's done it so right. far who's got that track record there's 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 not a lot of dudes what i like about um his on-screen presence both his um his role in um uh, black mirror and in get out is he's not a punk yeah he's he's definitely not a punk yeah but he's also very vulnerable Yes, and 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 I guess walking that line on screen as a black man in America, who's not a punk. Yeah, he's not a he'll he, he'll whip somebody's ass. Mm-hmm. He's not with the shits. He's also very vulnerable, very in a very masculine way. Yeah, very an artistic guy. You know, um, where you know I feel like we don't we don't see that side of of black culture represented. Just the the the, the artists, people who um, are in touch with their own expression. Um, in that way, we don't, we don't see that represented, but yeah, it was very important to me that this was like, you know, any black person watching this movie, you can't, you, you gotta be like, understand him and not feel like, no, nope, see, nah, 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 yeah. nah, 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 he ain't a nigga though. He ain't a nigga. Like I, he, I couldn't, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I had to like make it so like, he's doing what we, we, would, we do. would do. Yes, exactly. And if he's not, that at least we in understand the emotion of why he's making the choice and we, we agree and we like him for it. Um, so yeah, it was, it was, that was a very important thing, you know, for both Daniel and I to make this guy cause very quickly, very easily you could tell this story and people would just be like, nah, that, ain't, that ain't real. Come on, man. Cornball brother. Yeah. Cornball. <laughs> you can't be in there, man. You gotta get, get out. Yeah. Get out. <laughs> get him out of there. Um, you said something, man. And, and I, and I really appreciate it because I understand it. You know, growing up and, you know, watching, you know, our civil rights leaders like, like Martin Luther King or Malcolm X. And, you know, there's always this sense of austerity and guaranteed pain and suffering for following your life's mission in terms of speaking out about injustices of race. But you just said that, you know, you, one of your, that's your mission in your work is to really address that. I found that, you know, doing that on this show or on social media, like, it's my mission, but it, it's 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 not austere because it's work that I love. Can, can we talk about that? Like, yeah, I mean, it's it's like I'm I'm not trying to walk and get hit in the head on a white boy, right? And be like, you know, peace. I love every. No, I can't. Yeah. You know, that, that's not fun. Yeah, I mean this this movie uh, <laughs> for me, it, it it's part of it is coming from this place of like, you know what. I know what this is. I know what this is. And nobody else seems to have figured it out. Right. So I may be like the only guy right now up for this job. And, and, you know, I'm sure there's others that, you know, been working at it, trying to figure it out. So I don't mean to, you know, say I'm the only one that's got, has this idea, but I, I knew that I was kind of specially equipped, you know, also because of the, the, you know, the fortunate turns in my career where I've gotten to be around production. I've gotten to learn that beast. Um, you know, that's part of where the responsibility, the sense of responsibility came for me. It's like, you know, I got this thing and if I don't do it, no one will. Right. And this is an important, this is a missing piece. Um, so it's, it's very, very rewarding on that, on that level. I think, you know, in the future, I got other social horror movies social thrillers i, I can't make. wait man yeah and then you really do man i do I can do. you give me a hint like you know i can tell you that the next one is not gonna be about race okay it's gonna be about something else okay um you know i definitely will always be in the 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 pushing um you know un, un, representation yes. for for untapped voices untapped yes. characters and skin but you know I'm, I'm gonna be working with a different um innate human demon okay as, as i call it okay mm. Um, was it intentional that like Get Out come out during Black History Month? That was intentional. It was intentional. I was like, you know, I was like, hey, I, at one point I went to Jason Blum <laughs> and I was like, I think it was probably, it might have been scheduled initially for some time later. I was like, Jason, 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 February, man, 
This is like, you got Valentine's Day and Black History Month. This is, get out. <laughs> get out. And he was like, yep, got it. <laughs> Ultimately, it was uh, Universal's decision, but I like to think that I I, I, I I queued that one up. Switching gears, man, how scary is doing comedy? Oh, I mean, comedy can be one of the scariest things in the world. I mean, there's nothing nothing more uncomfortable than trying to make everybody laugh and failing. Like, that. <laughs> That is a uniquely miserable experience, but it's also kind of liberating because when you do that, when you do that a couple times or a lot of times, like that's the case with me, <laughs> you you demystify the whole idea. Like, what's the worst thing that can happen? Okay, some people didn't laugh. So what? Life right. goes on. Right, right. And, and um, it's very, very actually kind of comforting for that idea of public speaking or, or public humiliation to be um, – you know, more, it's just something that happens. It's not, it's not the end of the world. Right. Let me ask you, are you familiar with that recent incident with George Lopez? No. Um, oh, when he was, there was a, a black woman a in black the woman, audience yeah. and she was heckling him mm-hmm. and he was like, yo, bitch, get out of here. And then there was some kind of like, if you didn't see it, it doesn't, I, you know, I didn't see, I heard about right, it. Right. 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 Uh, Cause my view was like a comic should have enough tools in his, in his, in his bag. To not have to insult a person like that, but mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not in his shoes. You know, it's 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 a tricky thing because comedians, it's like when we're, you know, we are so vulnerable when we're on stage. We're so, and, and it is. It's like you get heckled, you get you get popped back into your 13 year old self right. real quick with a bully, and everybody's laughing at you. And so it, it sounds like to me, you know, it happens every now and then where a comedian will just wild out on somebody. I don't know. It's like, oh, <laughs> damn. <laughs> I thought you were supposed to be funny. Yeah, you know, <laughs> no, I mean, you're hella it's, angry right now, bro. Yeah, it sounds like he, he got he got he got triggered up. Clapback yeah. season. You know, yeah. um, initially when you guys launched um, Key and Peele on Comedy Central, was there a lot of that Dave Chappelle pressure? Like y'all got to y'all have to do Dave you Chappelle know, numbers. Yeah, no, I mean the, the the pressure was really, you know, from the the comparison. You know, for you know for us, we were trying to make a very different show. And, um, you know, just, just by us being black and being, you know, on Comedy Central and having a show that- The new Dave Chappelle show. That de- yeah, that dealt with race. It's like, <laughs> oh, y'all trying to be the Chappelle, huh? Y- y'all trying to be Chappelle. <laughs> yeah. So, um, that was, that was, uh, you know, it was something we had to, we had to earn our, 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 our voice, really. Right. We had to, we had to prove that we had some something else to uh, bring to the table that was very different. And you know, at the same time, we're you know huge fans of Chappelle, yes, so of it was like it was you know almost in some ways honored to be in the conversation with right. him. But then otherwise, like realizing like oh, we're if you're putting us against the best, we don't want to put our feet. We're, in the <laughs> we're if you're putting us against the best. <laughs> we're gonna it's gonna you're gonna have to give us some time to work it out right. and like you know. Uh, so, but it's cool, man. And, you know, you know, Dave is, um, you know, he's cool. He, you know, I know he's, he's gone around and has, you know, said some jokes about us, like talking like, okay, like, Hey man, Hey, Kim Peel, I like that show, man. It's good. It's good. I like, I like watching it. I don't know. Where'd you get that idea? Oh yeah. I did it first. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it was a funny bit. Right. And, you know, we all, you know, I'll get like tweets every now and then people like, Oh, he did it. He got you. He got you. You know, Chappelle hates Key and Peele. Right. Um, you know, we got a call to, to come do a sketch with him on his Saturday Night Live, um, which I was shooting this movie, so I couldn't. But it, it, it would have been bonkers. It would have been bonkers. I don't know. We, we would have figured it out what it was. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm happy to say, because he's an idol of mine, that uh, he doesn't hate us. Right. He, 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 Man, he, even he if he hated us. you, for you to be the subject of a Dave Chappelle joke is an honor. in itself is an is honor because an yeah. you're immortal now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. That's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Your, your handles handlers give me these 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 hand signals. I know they oh, want to. Oh, yeah, they want to. They want to. They want to end the interview. They're, so. they're just all they're deaf, so oh. they're just going to be making hand signals. Okay. Like this, you know? <laughs> um, what's your relationship like with uh Michael King and Keegan? Keegan, yeah, yeah, dude. I mean, we're it's, it's a brother yeah. thing, you know. It's um yeah. I mean, there's there's very few people I would consider like basically family. Um, it's great. You know, we're, we got a yin yang thing going on. He's very, um, you know, he's, 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 he's got energy and loud. I, I don't. Yeah, surprisingly, <laughs> like you're so, you're so low key here, man. I'm a low key. Yeah. yeah. I mean, when I'm with him, it like, he kind of brings a little bit of a, a spaz case out of me, but, um, 
you know, yeah, we we uh, we just have a, we we crack each other up so hard, which is set. which is so fun. Man. That's it. That's yeah. the that's what we're doing. Or right, they give me dirty looks. <laughs> two two more questions. Two yeah. more questions. Two more questions. All right. Um, to the white audience, mm-hmm. that's not even aware of these issues, and they go see this movie. What what is the main, like, what reaction do you want them to have? You know, I want them to. I mean, that's it. Like the power of story to me is like that white people who don't think about these issues, maybe, you know, non woke white people would come see this and go, Oh my God, I've said that. I've said that. I've done that. I've done that. Or or just feel what it, what it feels like to be in this, in, in in our shoes for an hour and a half and feel the uncomfortableness of it. And then also feel the, the, the release when the movie releases itself as well. It's, it's, it's about, it's about empathy, yeah. giving, giving, it is about empathy. Yeah. Giving, giving people an opportunity to see through our eyes for 90 minutes. Yeah. You ready for the shit storm if it happens? Hey, bring it, man. For- I'm, I'm, I'm like, I was born in a shit storm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Key and Peele was one big shit storm. It's part of, um, part of com- communication. The way I do it is by provoking response and, and um, so, you know, tr- trolling the audience to to a certain extent so um if if i'm not pissing people off on some level i'm not really i'm not doing my job last question man and i always ask this of uh usually it's more hip-hop but i want to ask you man your top five horror horror movies of all time Mm -hmm. top five and no no particular order uh the shining halloween uh rosemary's baby um uh candy man and uh I'm gonna go with uh, a nightmare, nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, what do you think of the, um, 28 Days? I oh, love it, yeah. love it. That's one of the great ones too. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's a, so few actual classics. Few. That one's really amazing. And way it, it, it does a new spin on, on on zombies, and I think that was the first one where they were fast. You know, it was when they were running <laughs> knees to chest, bro. Forget it, forget it. Like, hold up, these motherfuckers can run. Forget and it, and they're hungry. That's no. a game changer. <laughs> game, game changer. changer. Well, listen, man, um, we're out of time. But but I, I really appreciate you coming through. I really appreciate your work, and I really like like I said, man, you really answered my horror prayers because this is something that I've been wanting to see for a long time, and I didn't even think it was possible. Yeah, me neither. So so you know, I, I definitely urge you know our listeners, man. Like I don't I don't ever sell y'all the bullshit. I don't ever sell y'all the bullshit. Y'all need to go see Get Out. The thing is, on social media, I've been pushing it for a while. Yeah. And there's been like a, like, I don't know if I want to see it. Mm-hmm. Like, is this for real? This dude does comedy. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So there's all of that. Like, like I hate when motherfuckers build up so much resistance to shit that yeah. I'm telling them. Shit is dope. Shit's what do, dope. What do you say to people that question your, your, your pedigree in horror because of yeah. your, of your background in? I mean, the big thing with this movie is like, it, you can't, you can't picture how it could work. Right. There's so many ways it could go wrong. You can't picture the the way it goes right. I think we got it right. No, you got it right, man. Thanks Thank again, you. man. Thank you. Internets, you know what it is, man. Dream those dreams and then man up, woman up, and live those dreams because a life without dreams is black and white and the universe flows in technicolor and surround sound. Numenati! This episode of the Combat Jack Show was produced by Jonathan Mena, executive produced by A. King and Chris Morrow, engineered by Samir Karan and recorded in the Engine Room Audio Studio in downtown Manhattan. This is an official Loudspeakers Network's production.